tuned in to the fastest growing Star Wars podcast on this side of Moss Eisley. Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. This is the Scarif Podcast. Oh my God, Scuttle Buddies, we have had a roller coaster of a couple of episodes starting from 10 on up. Uh, episode 10, Brad is back. We talked uh, a lot about uh, what is going on in Star Wars news. And then we have uh, 11, uh, a lot more was going on in Star Wars news. Kevin Feige, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Owen, Ewan McGregor. And uh, what, uh, Alex, what did you think of the last episode, uh, the folks over at uh, ILM? That was a fantastic episode, don't you think? I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I had a ton of fun making it with you. Uh, doing that voiceover work at the beginning was a ton of fun. It's uh, one of those things that I'm becoming more and more passionate about the more I do. And uh, um, I, I was super jealous listening to you talk with these guys from ILM and just nerding out about seeing all these relics of the uh, of film history, like the original Millennium Falcon and the the original Han Solo on the on the wall of Jabba's palace. Like I, I can only imagine what it must feel to be Yoshi and David and to walk into this place. And like they said, they felt like. When is somebody going to tell me I don't belong here? <laughs> yeah. Um, it must have been amazing, and I, I can't wait until I get the opportunity to, to chat with those guys. They seem like really awesome, down-to-earth people. They really, really are. And uh, I knew they were fantastic uh, guys from the get-go, but uh, when they expressed their uh, excitement over seeing the uh, the material from Willow at Lucasfilm, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, these guys are the real deal, man. <laughs> That's so cool. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty. We have some things to talk about. Uh, last week, we had Triple Force Friday. We just released a poll. Uh, we asked uh, folks if uh, Triple Force Friday was a, bu- uh, a success or if it was a bust. I uh, did Triple Force Fail. Uh, for me, it was definitely a fail. So the results of the poll was 68% said it was a fail and 32% of the uh, respondents said it was a success for them, and I did see a lot of people posting uh, their uh, their you know their treasures, uh, the stuff that they found. I did find one curious thing though. Triple Force Friday to me is it's always and anytime there is a uh, an event where new toys and new figures and new collectibles are are released, it's uh, you know the hunt is always the fun thing. You you go from store to store. And you're able to hunt for the items that uh, are on your wish list. So, you know, my experience, and I think a lot of, I guess, 68% of the people that uh, responded to the poll, uh, our experience was less than stellar. Uh, I went to two targets. They didn't have anything up. They didn't even have the display up. And I found that that was the case for a lot of our listeners. Uh, No uh, action figures, no nothing. Uh, empty shelves. It's uh, quite an interesting thing. I did find out that a lot of people just um, reverted to ordering online, and uh, the hunt for me is the is the is is the fun part. Uh, people just you know went online, ordered it, and just wait waited for it to come to their house. It was kind of a it's kind of a weird uh, experience. What uh, what are your thoughts on that? 
It's 2019, bro. Get with the times. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. That is definitely um, not to not to call you old or anything, Ro, but that's definitely kind of a relic of the past. That type of like. Um, that type of vibe where you have you have to go to the store to get these items and it's all, it's very exciting you're kind of chasing that uh that adrenaline of going to the store and trying to beat the other fans to the to the prize possession whichever figurine you wanted yeah um, we we would have fights in the aisle of Walmart i mean what are you talking about yeah it's like black friday or something in there exactly. but i remember cuz if you if you look back at some of the things from uh, like the phantom menace uh those early days when the figurines came out people were going nuts buying darth maul and and the uh the new spaceships like the um the new naboo fighters and all those things right like that was it was a thing that was an event for people and i think the farther away we're getting uh from that and closer to the modern age of just ordering it on Amazon, uh, there's less and less people out there. So maybe one of the reasons why these displays weren't set up for you is because the retailers are learning that um, a majority of the people are are in fact not going to the store, but instead just ordering it online. It is uh, definitely kind of telling as far as Disney's uh, uh, business strategy towards Star Wars is they're very much trying to profit off of this as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I, I can't really fault them for that. That's what they do, that they are a business. They need to make money, and they are they are creating these products so that they can profit off of them. So I suppose uh, in a certain point of view, they, uh, you know, can't be blamed for doing that. Uh, but like you said, it kind of it kind of kills that, that uh, customer uh, experience that you, you yourself are a big fan of. I know you're a big collector, and you love doing that kind of stuff. So it uh, – it definitely is a bummer. Yeah, definitely. I um, I was uh, kind of bummed out. Uh, had some money in my pocket, and uh, d- you know, wasn't able to spend it. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as success stories, we've got. Let's see, Andy Jedi sixteen, Andrew Blatz. Uh, he had quite a haul. Uh, he posted a couple of pictures of uh, his uh, kitchen counter with a slew of pops. Uh, Funko Pops and uh, Speeders and Black Series figures. He's got the mystery box. And uh, what do they call it? The caramelized figures? The, the Is it caramelized? The g- oh, the gold ones? Well, there's a, there's a set of Black Series that are uh, coated with metal. They're still the plastic figures, but they're coated with a certain, um, I don't know, kind of like a gunpowder metallic finish to them which uh, I'd love to kind of get my hands on and see what, uh, what that's all about. Uh, so those look pretty cool, especially the, uh, the troopers, the uh, Sith troopers. Uh, they, uh, I can imagine, are pretty cool with their red uh, sheen to them. Uh, so, you know, again, still looking for a lot of those figures. Uh, I have not been able to get my hands on, on any of, the, uh, of those uh, highly coveted figures. You've got uh, the Imperial Academy had uh, ordered Black Series, and that's why I'm like, uh, it's just so weird just to kind of order it and then just have it come to your house. It takes the fun out of it for me anyways. Right on. So I have one question for you as a as a collector and as somebody who has uh, their ear to the ground to this kind of thing. Did you get any tidbits of information about the rise of Skywalker based off of some of the figurines that they had on Triple Force Friday? 
Well, let me tell you, uh, and this is from, uh, I heard this from the, the guys over at Rebel Force Radio and some other uh, news sources for Star Wars and collectibles. Dis- it seems like Disney is holding back on releasing, uh, what did they say? Some crazy amount, like 70% of the action figures and toys were held back because of that. Uh, there wow. seems to be some uh, you know, story plot points and character plot points in, in the description of the action figures that uh, Disney decided to hold back on on a very large amount uh, of these action figures because they didn't want to spoil any any uh, plot points. Um, so that's a, that's a very interesting thing, and that could also go along with the fact that you know there was not a lot of uh, selection for uh, for the for the event. So what you're telling me is I should be expecting a Luke Skywalker figurine with a green lightsaber, correct? That very well could be. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, everybody, we'd like to take a second to show some appreciation and some love to our Patreons. Uh, We have a lot of great support in the community, and people love listening to the podcast, and we truly appreciate all of that and all of the interactions that we have with you, especially coming from our grand moth himself, 97 Bravo. Thank you so much for being a Patreon of the podcast, as well as Charlie Skywalker and hyperspace and holocrons and Ro, I think we have a couple more. Who are they? Yeah, we definitely have a, a few more. Um, I, I just also wanted to say uh, for the folks that you mentioned, we did have a, a few things in the mail that are have been shipped to them. I hope you guys got uh, your stuff. Um, we also have uh, two other uh, patrons, uh, Jedi Mind Trick seventy nine. Thank you very much for your support, and of course uh, the one and only Drunk three PO. Thank you very much for your support and we hope to see you uh very soon thank you guys very much thank you to all our patrons and uh thank you very much again to our grand moff tier patron 97 bravo bravo to 97 bravo for supporting us thank you guys so scuttle buddies i hope you guys had a chance to go to the website that Brad had set up. It is scarif.show. Just type that into your browser, hit enter, and get transported to a galaxy far, far away on the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast and uh, the the ever-so-wonderful musings of uh, Brad and his writing. Uh, he had written an article, and I hope you guys... Uh, Reddit definitely is uh, something to think about regarding the return of Palpatine with Admiral Thrawn and uh, some other guy named Ezra. Intriguing uh, story proposition and something that uh, I hope to see again in future Star Wars uh, incarnations and stories. So that that's always pretty cool. Counting down, counting down the days uh, for The Mandalorian. Uh, Isn't that right, Alex? Uh, Mandalorian comes out on November 12th. We're only one month away from this this brand new TV show that's being brought to us uh, by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. And I, for one, cannot wait to see what they've they've uh, brought to the table in the Star Wars universe. Uh, we know that these two guys are very passionate about Star Wars. Uh, they have a lot of love for the franchise, 
and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. And I wanted to remind our listeners that uh, the Scarif podcast is going to be doing something a little different uh, than our normal programming. We're actually going to be doing week-by-week episode reviews slash breakdowns um, on a separate channel. So it'll be our normal podcast that we have that you guys love to listen to. And then on top of that, we're going to have another podcast where uh, Ro, myself, Brad, and possibly some guests from time to time will uh, we'll be able to sit down and discuss each episode one by one uh, and, and break down what happened in it, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, possible Im- implications for the future, tie-ins from uh, the the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, because we know that these characters are kind of are going to kind of inter- intermingle and have something to do with it. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. It's probably going to be one of my favorite things to do with you, Rose, sit down and talk about these TV shows. And, of course, we'll probably... Uh, get a chance to talk to Dominic Pace once more. Uh, we know he's a big fan of the podcast and he was gracious enough to talk with us about it. And we can't wait to, uh, to get some more details from him, somebody who's on the set. Uh, and once everything's out and we don't have to worry about spoilers anymore, we'll be able to get in more detail with him. So uh, keep in mind, listeners, November 12th, uh, we're going to start the first podcast uh, for breakdowns of the Mandalorian. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I never thought uh, I'd see the day, honestly, that we would see uh, Star Wars on on the small screen and in the way that it's being presented. Um, you know, I think uh, many years ago, George Lucas was talking about bringing Star Wars to the small screen, and uh, it definitely would have been a different animal than waiting all these years to to do it. Uh, maybe to you know to do it right. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to talking um, about the uh, the Mandalorian with you. November, what is it? November 12th, Disney Plus comes out? Yes, the app launches on November 12th. I have not been able to find any confirmation whether or not the first episode will be available that day or if it'll be available that weekend. Because November 12th, I believe, is a Tuesday. So a while back, uh, the account that uh, we interviewed actually for our Star Wars Inspires uh, series, Star Wars in the Classroom, was having a countdown to Rise of Skywalker, and they asked folks to post their favorite single frame or uh, Star Wars uh, iconic shot, the uh, 100 icon, iconic uh, Star Wars images in 100 days. And, um, you know, I, I took a look at some of those uh, images and some of the posts that people were uh, putting up there, and let me tell you, man, that that was uh, really, really difficult to to, to kind of narrow it down. I haven't really narrowed down um, my shot. I think I I have at this point, but when uh, when I saw a lot of those images, I was like, like, how do people decide that? Do you have a, a an iconic Star Wars image from any of the films that really encompasses what uh, Star Wars represents to you? One hundred percent. Without even thinking about it, um, I know exactly the scene that I would pick. Uh, it's the one that I think probably has the most effect on me. I think it's one of the most visually stunning in the entire saga. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Uh, it's from Empire Strikes Back, uh, the moment that Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader cross lightsabers for the first time. We have the the staircase from the carbon freezing with that really deep orange glow with the shadowed background with that nice blue hue in the back uh, behind them, making them into silhouettes. 
and then you have the blue and red lightsaber. Like I can just, I can practically paint it uh, with my mind. Like I, I, I know that shot beat for beat, heart for, you know, uh, whatever you want to say. What's the word? <laughs> I know that scene like the back of my hand. something that will never leave uh, me. I, I think it's just such an iconic scene and uh, I think because it's especially from my favorite movie in the franchise it just it holds that space uh, and I don't think anything can beat it for me personally. Yeah definitely and uh, th- there was a, a cut scene uh, from that uh, particular scene I think uh, right before Luke Skywalker goes up on the staircase, uh, there's a shot of Darth Vader and he's uh, he's dancing with his lightsaber. Uh, like, dun, dun, dun. No, no, that never happened. You shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, my favorite shot is uh, also from The Empire Strikes Back. It's it's special to me. It's a simple shot, but it is so powerful uh, for me that uh, every time I see it, I hear the music. It's uh, right when Han Solo uh, goes into carbon freeze. This facility is crude, but it should be adequate to freeze Skywalker for his journey to the Emperor. After he's uh, after the smoke kind of clears. There's just a couple of shots of people's reactions, but there's one shot in particular that always gives me goosebumps. What, what's going on? Turn round! Chewbacca, I can't see! And uh, it's a, a shot, it's a close-up shot of Vader kind of coming out from the mist. He kind of leans into the mist, and uh, you can see him um, from that mist. He's all yours, bounty hunter. Reset the chamber for Skywalker. To me, it represents everything that the title The Empire Strikes Back uh, it, it means to me, how uh, the Empire comes back and, and really... You know, it does a number on the Rebels. Uh, there's a lot of consequences in that film. I was talking to Yoshi and David about it. Um, my favorite Star Wars film um, by, uh, you know, bar none. That slow shot of Vader's, you know, face just kind of coming through that, that mist is just amazing to me. That's an excellent choice. I, I can definitely visualize that in my head just from you describing it. I I know the exact scene that you're talking about, and you're right. That is probably, uh, besides maybe the first time we see Vader in A New Hope, that's probably one of the most iconic scenes of Vader uh, in the in the franchise. I, I absolutely love that scene as well. And kudos for picking The Empire Strikes Back. It's the same, same sequence as me, Carbon Freezing Chamber. That, there's got to be something about that. We'll have to investigate that someday. You know, that's uh, very interesting because, again, I was talking to, to the guys at ILM uh, about that. Uh, just the reason that I love The Empire Strikes Back so much is because of the quality and the depth uh, of the performance of the actors and the story. Like I said, there's uh, a lot of consequences in that film that, uh, you know, you don't know 
what's going to happen to our heroes. Uh, the Empire definitely strikes back. You know, Darth Vader kicks ass. Uh, it's just a, a fantastic story. There's no corny jokes. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's just a wonderful, wonderful. It, it to me, it's near. It, it's as near of a, a perfect film as can be. So uh, I love it. It's my favorite. It's the Star Wars movie that I think got least affected um, in any kind of negative way uh, when George Lucas brought out the special editions. And I think we were going to talk about that a little bit today, right? Star Wars. For an entire generation, you've only been able to see it on a TV screen. Now, Star Wars is back on the big screen. There'll be no one to stop us this time. With newly enhanced visual effects digital sound, and a few new surprises. Star Wars, the special edition, starts January 31st at theaters everywhere. Rated PG. George did some tinkering, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he definitely uh, went back, and uh, his explanation for it is that it was just the things that he was not actually able to do uh, in the 70s when he was creating Star Wars. These were the limitations of the technology of the time. Uh, he had always envisioned it to be this way. He just couldn't make it work because of, of like I said, of his limitations. So it was he to him. It was a it was a completion of of his of his story of his work that he wanted to do. However, some fans uh, didn't take too kindly about that. What do you do? You have any experience with that, Ro? From a personal experience, I, there's a couple of things that I'm like, oh no, why did you change that? Obviously, the uh, the biggest thing is uh, Han shooting first or Han shooting second, however you want to put it. Um, and I forgot what reason he gave uh, for doing that, but uh, it just looks so clunky. I'm not a fan of of Han uh, shooting second. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, took issue with that because, I mean, there's an argument that can be said that uh, it changes his character a little bit, too, because going from the, this kind of rogue scoundrel who didn't really care for, for a lot of things to uh, to becoming one of the the best heroes of the Rebellion. And uh, I think people enjoyed that story arc. And when, when uh, George Lucas kind of tweaked it a little bit, uh, some people felt like it was taking a little bit away from Han, a little bit away from his story. So I can definitely see that perspective, and and I'll tell you the truth, I actually kind of agree with that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I think uh, you know his character grew from from when we first see him in the cantina. I think they should just uh, the, he just should have just left it alone. And you know, getting back to our theme of uh, Star, uh, George Lucas Appreciation Month, uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about it uh, previously, but uh, you know, George Lucas uh, was an innovator. He was a creator, uh, a great storyteller, and uh, you know, I, I think um, for better or worse, he used this canvas that is Star Wars as a breeding ground uh, for uh, creativity and. I don't know, uh, innovation when it comes to filmmaking and cinema. Uh, I remember, you know, the old Indiana Jones Chronicles, the TV show uh, that he was doing with uh, producer Rick McCallum. uh, And, uh, you know, again, he used that as kind of a testing ground for some special effects that ILM was working on for, uh, you know, when the time came to do everything that they did in episode one. And uh, not only just tell it in a classic uh, and modern way, but uh, to be able to, 
you know, fast forward the technology of, of filmmaking also with uh, with Star Wars, and uh, I I applaud him for that. Now ILM is working on everything and uh, uh, you know every aspect of filmmaking and special effects. And they, uh, they're the number one special effects house in the world for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. George Lucas is the, the godfather of modern cinema as we know it today. Uh, all, these, all these fantastic blockbuster movies would not be possible without him paving the way for other filmmakers and creating these technologies from, from nothing uh, and, and giving them to the, the filmmaking community so that they could go out and... and uh, create their visions in the best way possible. So even though George uh, has said so himself, he goes a bit too far at times. Uh, I think it's it's all uh, for the greater good, I suppose. <laughs> Didn't Ali K last time can, uh, equate uh, the special editions and George Lucas to making meatloaf with new ingredients? No, I just want the old meatloaf. No, here's a new meatloaf and new ingredients. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of we kind of rag on a new hope a little bit for some of the things that they've the decisions that George made in there, um, especially with including uh, uh, young Jabba the Hutt with Han Solo. Uh, it looked a, it looked a little wonky in 1997. Uh, they kind of updated it for the 2004 release. It looks a little bit better, but it still looks a bit out of place. But I do have to say that I think George. Um, throughout when he was making the special editions kind of learned a little bit each time because the a new hope had some had some interesting takes and some weird uh editions but empire strikes back is still nearly perfect he he really did his best at uh at just using small elements uh to make the world feel more flushed out and a little bit bigger especially on cloud city like we talked about um that that new scene with the wampa inside the ice cave i mean how cool was that to actually be able to see the animal in its full glory uh, instead of just kind of cutting away from it. Um, and then, of course, in um, Return of the Jedi, uh, there wasn't a whole lot in there that felt out of place. Uh, they made some updates to the Starlack pit, and uh, they made Jabba's palace seem a little bit more lively. What did you? Is there anything else you want to add? Oh, let me, let me, let me ask you real fast. Uh, does the Sarlacc, did the Sarlacc really need a beak? I, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, it, it looked like, uh, what was that, uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, that's one of those things that, uh, take it or leave it, It's uh, it doesn't it doesn't detract from the movie to me. I, I don't know, maybe that's just because it's one of the first times that I saw it uh, was in theaters, so I was kind of amazed. But um, the beak. The beak. I don't know, it just adds a little bit to it, I think. Sure. I think we're all yeah. right. You don't have to include this. You can edit this out. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. You caught me on that one, Ro. It'll be one of our many awkward comedy moments. You are definitely right. You know, Empire Strikes Back really does uh, hold a special place in my heart. And uh, it's like I said, it's it's near as near a, a perfect Star Wars movie that can be. There's a lot of elements that add to the enjoyment of of what The Empire Strikes Back is for me. Probably even more so than A New Hope and then Star Wars. I guess because of my love of Darth Vader, I think Darth Vader is my favorite character of of all the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. 
we are in October, and next month, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, The Mandalorian. It's coming out, uh, but, uh, you know, there's uh, other stuff on Disney Plus that's coming out. We uh, Last week, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the return of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've got The Clone Wars, and, uh, you know, we're going to continue October's uh, theme of George Lucas Appreciation Month by talking about The Clone Wars and uh, we're going to have some great uh, contributions from some folks uh, about that. Uh, our regular contributors, uh, Andrew and Marisha from Coruscant Radio Underground, are going to talk to us about the Clone Wars and the lore of, uh, of, of all of that and how that uh, has changed and how really Dave Filoni as a uh, storyteller you know, through that uh, series how uh, Dave Filoni has kind of cemented his place in the history of Star Wars. We also have uh, the Galactic Pod, uh, Lauren and Andrea. Lauren recorded a nice little uh, you know, message for us to play for that episode regarding the Clone Wars. And they just, uh, they just finished an episode on their own uh, about the Clone Wars and what uh, the Clone Wars represents to Star Wars. So if you guys are not familiar with the Galactic Pod, uh, Lauren Romo and Andrea G, they uh, should be on your list as well. So next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Clone Wars and its impact on Star Wars uh, lore. Uh, oh, I didn't tell you, we're going to have a special contribution by Trevor Beast. He's going to write a series of questions that we will be able to use on our Sentry Mode Q&A. So uh, brush up on your Star Wars, Alex, because we've got a uh, curator of Star Wars uh, uh, quizzes, uh, Trevor Beast. He's going to contribute some questions, and we're going to have a lot of fun with Sentry Mode, brought to you by Trevor Beast. All right, looking forward to it. All right, it's time to pay the bills. Hey, I'm excited. We got a new sponsor on the podcast. Alex, why don't you tell the folks what we got? What's up, Star Wars fans? Today's episode of the Scarif Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Organically Wonderful. Organically Wonderful is a small business that is dedicated to bringing you 100% pure, organic, non-toxic beauty products like dry shampoo and body oil. And if you go to their website and check out the list of things that you can buy, and then when you buy them, you can type in ScuttleBuddies15 and get 15% off your entire purchase. That's ScuttleBuddies15 for 15% off. Head on down to OrganicallyWonderful.com and say thank you to Organically Wonderful for bringing you the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. And may the force be with you. So, guys, thank you very much again for tuning in to the Scarif Podcast. This is Ro. I want to thank you guys. If you just found us, I'm glad you're here. Uh, make sure to check some of our back catalog episodes and uh, see what all the excitement is about uh, Star Wars uh, for life. Uh, we uh, are Star Wars fans. I'm going to say if you guys are new to the podcast and you're just finding us now and you're enjoying the content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can also uh, find some of our merchandise that we have. Ro has some freaking awesome designs for stickers and T-shirts and some other uh, and coffee mugs and all that cool stuff. So uh, if you feel like supporting the podcast, if you're able to, please, by all means, jump on online and uh, and check out some of the stuff we have to offer. I think I like 
all of it. I, I'm I'm a bit biased, but I'm just going to tell you that right now. I love your t-shirt designs, Ro. I think they're so freaking cool. And um, I wish I had your talent for that kind of stuff. But I got your stickers in the mail the other day, and they are decorating my laptop. Your stickers that you designed, uh, your most recent ones, Scarif Podcasts, are decorating my laptop and my sound card for my audio system. So uh, thank you, Ro, for shipping those down to me. And you guys can get a hold of your own if you want. Uh, go to, what's the website, Ro? It is TeePublic. Check us out on TeePublic. We've got a couple of shirt designs. And you know what? Check out the Twitter every so often because from time to time, you know, TeePublic sends out those emails that uh, the shirts are on sale. And uh, we definitely want to help you guys out uh, uh, by uh, letting you know when they are, uh, you know, $13 in opposed to $20. But uh, we really want you guys to be able to uh, represent your favorite podcast. Uh, we hope that we are one of many of your favorite podcasts because there's a lot of really great podcasts out there. But, uh, yeah, definitely check out uh, the Twitter account and make sure that you uh, hit that little bell. Um, the only thing that I will warn you is that we do tweet a lot and uh, because we enjoy interacting with uh, our followers and listeners. But uh, we will definitely let you guys know when they are on sale. Uh, we are working on some new designs, but uh, in the meantime, take advantage of uh, the designs we have. And, you know, if you want uh, a Scarif Scuttlebutt sticker, just uh, go ahead and DM me, man. I will send one out to you. Uh, really love that design myself as well, uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, it turned out really nice. And uh, we'd love to give you one. Just kind of DM us. We'll put it in the mail for you, man. That's no moon. You may fire when ready. I've got a bad feeling about this. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. You must unlearn what you have learned. You felt a great disturbance in the force. I suggest a new strategy, Art. You underestimate the power of the dark side. 